you don't know her, she's, she's a, my lovely wife. And um, we're speaking on uh, this week on, on marriage, because that's the next section that we've come to in Ephesians. And then next week we will be uh, talking on uh, children, because uh, that's also in there. Uh, this week I'm probably going to be saying a little bit more, um, because once I get up here it's very difficult to get the microphone off me. Um, but that's the way it sort of panned out. Next week I think Katrina will be probably saying a little bit more uh, on the subject, um, which is particularly good at that side of things. Um, so just to start with, uh, just to say that Katrina and I have been married for 27 years. I know, I, know, I know exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking, wow, they got together when they were four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, actually, we were, we were 23. Can you believe that? Um, you do the maths where we are now. Um, now, in, in this room, there's going to be uh, various... Uh, understandings or uh, experiences of marriage. Uh, Some are going to be good and some are going to be not so good. Um, And we are very aware uh, that, uh, particularly in today's society, marriage is under pressure uh, as as never before. Um, And and that uh, marriage is a a difficult thing to get right, particularly in this society, where it just says, actually... You know, if it doesn't work, just just try again somewhere else. And uh, and what I want to say is, and I, I'm very aware that there are different um, experiences here, but I, I want to be true to, to the Word of God and also to what we have experienced in our marriage, is that marriage is an excellent thing. Right. And uh, I love being married to Katrina. Uh, I, I hopefully she will say a bit later she loves being married to me, so we, we shall see. Um, <laughs> I was very fortunate in that, that I was brought up in a, a Christian home where, that, that modelled an excellent marriage. And when I got married, I was absolutely convinced that I wanted a marriage like my parents. And I also believed that that's what God wanted for me. And so when I went into marriage, that was uh, what I believed. I believed what the Bible said. Um, I sought out a, a, a wife that had similar understanding, although Katrina uh, had only been a Christian a, a few years when we got married, uh, there was still that belief in her that actually she wanted to make this work. And our testimony is that it does work. And I do believe that as we put into practice God's plan, that marriage can be an excellent thing. And for no other reason, that, that as we read in this passage, uh, marriage is a reflection of or a good marriage is a reflection of what uh, Jesus' love is for the church. Now, we've just been enjoying that this morning, and I hope you were able to enter into something of uh, that joy and the love that Jesus had for you and has for us. And that's really a... uh, Our marriage should be, or can be, a picture of that. Okay, so we're going to start by reading uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and the verses there. Starting at verse 21. It says there, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, 
as Christ is head of the church, his body, of which he is the saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in heaven. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, amazing verses. We we haven't got a great deal of time to go into all the depths of them. Um, The the parallel that you see there between Christ and the church and husband and wife, we want to bring out a little bit as we go through, um, because that really is a, a great help when you're looking at a marriage. Uh, but I want to start, right, uh, because some of these, these verses have, have been a little bit challenging uh, over the years in understanding what they mean, particularly this whole thing of submission. Katrina will be talking about that uh, in a moment. Uh, and uh, people have sort of said, well, isn't Paul being a bit, a bit sexist here? Isn't he belittling women uh, and so on? Uh, and I think it's so important to see these verses um, as, as we're intended, in the context of the whole Bible. Um, so that we don't just focus on one or two bits. And I think in the past, the church has gone a little bit wrong when it's focused on particular aspects uh, and ignored the rest. And so I, I want to start with verse 21, because it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And, and that is a really important place to start, because that, that says that each person needs to recognise the value and the worth and the good in others, whoever they are, male or female, young or old, and Paul is saying, starting the whole thing here, say, look, look, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, We've all been made in the image of God. The Bible talks about that. In uh, Genesis 1, it says, uh, 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Each person carries something of the image of God, whether you're a man or a woman. And uh, this verse clearly says that equally, men and women hold uh, something of God. That not what, One is not greater than the other in terms of being able to reflect God and who he is. Uh, and therefore, uh, to think that in some way these verses mean that a, a man is more important or better than a, a woman is, is frankly an, uh, uh, wrong, because that's not what scripture teaches. And so, first of all, when I come into a marriage, I look at my wife and think, actually, you're made in the image of God. I need to understand the good things that God has put in you and be willing to submit to you and the good things that God has given you, the gifting God has given you, the, the, the image of God that is in you. And so Paul starts with this. He says, actually, before you go into this, this thing, how a marriage works, understand that each person carries something. Each person carries something of great value and worth. And therefore, uh, I need to, uh, and over the years I've learned to do this, to submit to the wisdom that Katrina carries. Um, and the, the, the gifting that God's given her. 
Uh, and, uh, and that's not to take away my role as, as, as head. It doesn't take away uh, my position in the marriage. It just recognises who we are in God. We are royal sons and daughters. And we carry something amazing. And that is true for every single person here. Uh, and also it ca- is true for whether you're young or old. And I think it's so important. Sometimes we, we can dimis- dismiss ourselves because we're young. Um, and uh, Paul had to address Timothy on that point. He says, don't, don't let people look down on you because you're young. You carry something. And uh, our young people, and I have a, a privilege of spending time with them, they carry something. And, uh, and I'm so blessed by them so much of the time. Uh, and even our, I know Katrina, she works with, uh, with the young people, the children upstairs. They carry something of God. Uh, and our own children, through, through the years we've, uh, we've had with them, carry something of God and teach us and encourage us. And, and it's right that we submit. Actually, we, we, we hear. We, you know, it's the attitudes that I want to hear from you. I want to hear what God's putting you. So that's how I want to start there. But actually, this is, this is the, the starting point uh, that Paul brings in. Okay, I'm going to hand over to Katrina. Do you want to go that way? No. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. No, 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 thank you. Okay, so that's verse 21. So we're looking at verses 22 to 24. Um, the word submission um, has got, as it root word, submit, which I've got a bit of a problem with. Um, I don't know whether you played this playground game where uh, called Submit. You would take somebody's hand and bend it as far back as you possibly could, or you'd sit on them and put their face into the ground until they shouted Submit. <laughs> so that's what I think of. When I think of <laughs> we tried that, that, it doesn't work, does it? No. <laughs> I don't think Paul had that in mind, and obviously that's not something we do well in our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, submission has got as its root sub, meaning under. And so you get the idea maybe that the woman is under the man, and it, it's, not, it's not a brilliant picture, but what's really excellent is that Paul's got the parallel within those verses 22 to 24 that the woman submits to the husband in the same way that the church submits to Jesus. And the church submitting to Jesus is a really brilliant thing, it's a beautiful thing, and it's an honour. So thinking about the way that the church submits to Christ, the church submits to Christ by listening to what he says and following him, not being independent, not doing our own thing, not disregarding what Jesus says, because that would be dangerous. And also, Jesus has the first call on the church's affection, and that's what it's like in marriage. We shouldn't be independent, we shouldn't be doing our own thing, we shouldn't be disregarding what our husbands say. Yeah. And our husbands have our first call of our affection. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, a submissive wife is going to follow what her husband says. But, I mean, if you love them, that comes naturally anyway. So it's, it's not a difficult thing to do. And I think the point of the analogy is that submission isn't to make a woman feel degraded or humiliated. It's a willing thing that does her good in the same way that submitting to Jesus does the church good. I think it's possible to be part of a church and not actually really submit to Jesus' authority. You'd be going to church every Sunday, but you wouldn't actually be following anything that he said. And the consequence would be you wouldn't be growing in strength, you wouldn't be overcoming any areas in your life, you wouldn't be bearing any fruit. And so, likewise, in marriage, you could walk separately, you could disregard each other. 
but you wouldn't be growing, you wouldn't be learning, and it would be a really shallow sort of marriage. There's really good things that come out of the church submitting to Jesus, and there's really good things that come out of a woman submitting to her husband. You get a depth uh, and a joy and a richness in your relationship. I think these principles of submission apply uh, whether you're a Christian, married to a Christian or a non-Christian, and actually says that in the Bible. In 1 Peter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, Likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respect and pure conduct. So there's a promise there for uh, those of you married to non-Christians or to those who have quite a difficult marriage that as you follow God's plan there's going to be blessings because it's God's plan and there always is when we follow his plan when Tim and I were first married um, I used to think that submission or the best submissive wives were the quiet ones who um, kowtowed their husbands every whim which Tim might have liked, but I'm afraid I wasn't that sort of person. <laughs> but actually, as we were married over the years, those marriages that I thought, you know, the wife was the most godly person ever because she hardly said a thing, actually they weren't good. They sometimes made wrong decisions, maybe about jobs, what church they should be in, whether they should move. I think it is really important for a wife to be a sounding board for a husband, and you do come to decisions together. Um, and if, if a wife doesn't say what she thinks, then the marriage isn't, isn't a good one. For us, submission is very, very rarely a thing. I don't really feel like I'm submitting to Tim. Because I respect and admire him, um, I think he talks sense, one of the reasons I married him. Uh, and so I agree with him. So we don't really, submission doesn't really feel like a thing. Tim takes my opinions, sometimes over his own, because he values me. And he thinks I have insights where sometimes he doesn't. The crunch point, after we've talked quite a long time and, and discussed all our opinions and we've thought of our own opinion, other opinions more highly than our own, if the crunch point is we don't agree, then I follow Tim's lead. But it, I can hardly think of a time when that's really been necessary. I think it was more of a thing when we were first married, uh, bending two wills into one. And when we were first married, we didn't have very much money. So we used to have to talk quite a lot about what we would spend our money on. And Tim would have the final say if we disagreed. I can definitely remember a situation we had where we were really, really skint. And Tim was a bit cross at me because I'd bought a pomegranate. And uh, he felt that cream cakes were actually more important in this matter. (laughs) I can't even remember how we resolved it. That's obviously not a big submission issue. Um, Probably more significant um, was who managed the finances. Actually, I don't think it matters whether the man or the woman manages the finances. Uh, My brother-in-law, his wife, sorts that all out. Uh, But for us, I think because of my upbringing, I I did want Tim uh, to manage the finances, and we thought that was a good idea. But it took a bit of trust because that wasn't the model that I'd had in my family. My mum and dad didn't talk about money. They'd have separate finances. They would almost hide money you know, from each other. So that wasn't something I was used to. So uh, it did take a bit of trust for me to say, OK, Tim's going to do all that. We've still worked out a budget. I didn't have to go every month saying, can I buy a pomegranate or something? <laughs> but I would have a budget, and I would have a decision whether, you know, I spent a bit less one month because the following month I knew we had some big expenses coming. 
but um, yeah, it's worked really well. Tim manages the finances, and I do the spending. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to at a little bit at the end to say a little bit more. Um, some of the more practical ways that we put some stuff into practice. Um, but the bit I want to talk about now is really to, to husbands and, uh, and the, what the passage says uh, to them because um, this, is, this is a really important aspect that over the years, and I said earlier on, that, that perhaps the church and, and, and Christians have got a little bit wrong. It's possible to read the passage, and I, I'm, I'm sure all men can do this, is that we, we pick and choose the stuff that, that, that we like uh, and then we somehow just can't register the rest of the stuff. So we read about the wife's submission. Oh, we say, oh, I don't like that. That's okay. And then there's a word hedge, head, in, in, in the next bit. We think, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I can be head, yeah. So I'm, I'm the head and the wife submits. I can live with that. Um, and, uh, and the idea of headship can sound great. Uh, and it's been misunderstood. It's been understood that, okay, the man is, is, is the king in his own home. Uh, uh, he's the one to be obeyed. Uh, he's the one to call the shots. Um, <clears throat> he's the one to be put first. Uh, everything needs to be considered about his comfort, um, and the wife and the family are to uh, work around his needs. Um, uh, and, and really, that's, that can be what people understand headship to be about. And, of course, if you read these verses, actually, that's nothing to do with it. it in fact, the opposite is true. So I just want to, uh, just if we take verse 25, um, we get quite challenged as husbands. It says there in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Whoa. Now that is a challenge. Uh, you, know, if we, if, you know, we might like the idea of, of our wives submitting, but when we read that verse, we suddenly get hit with something quite challenging as, as a husband. And, uh, and it's, it takes grace and the, the God to help us as husbands to fulfil what that is. Now, now, God helps us with this. He does. He gives us wonderful pictures through Jesus of what it's like. Uh, but to be a husband like that is to give yourself for the sake of your wife. And that is, that is a challenge. That is, that is, that is something that uh, we uh, need to work at and work out what it means. Jesus came specifically to serve the church uh, and to give himself for the sake of the church. That she would rise up glorious, yeah. pure, and magnificent. Now that's, that's wonderful. That's what we've been singing about this morning. That's what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. That we, uh, we didn't come just to be kowtowed and, and, and sort of squashed down. No, Jesus came to raise us up, yeah. to make us glorious, to, to present us. Um, and so that is a picture, or, or a marriage should be a picture of that, that the husband's role in marriage is for the good of his wife. And, and for the, the family as a whole. So it's not about... Headship is nothing to do with superiority or importance or rank or prominence. Like It, it, it can be, perhaps in this world, 
It's actually, I am head for the sake of my wife, to promote her and to make sure she is well looked after. Now that's not to say that the husband has to be dishonoured so that the wife is honoured. That's not at all. In fact, the church, the glorious church, displays the glory of Jesus. And so when the wife is honoured, the husband is honoured as well. And that is the picture that we have in Jesus. Uh, Jesus wants a glorious church because it displays his glory. And so the two go hand in hand. Jesus doesn't want a a terrible church that that is downtrodden because that's that's not a good reflection on him. He wants a glorious church, a victorious church. And, and that's what marriages should look like. Not, not a man leading the front and the woman three steps behind, but both together being all that God has called them to be. Amen. Living uh, yeah. in victory, living in, with their heads held high, knowing uh, the goodness and grace and the love of God individually. Um, and so that's how, as a husband, I need to act. Now, to be honest, I found this quite a challenge, uh, as we all do. And I'm not standing here before you today and saying, we have got this all sorted. Uh, After 27 years, we're still a work in progress. But we have attempted to put these things into practice. Now, one of the things that uh, Katrina was talking about is that, um, uh, uh, and one of the things I didn't appreciate about her when I first got married, is that she has got her own opinions. Uh, Now, I saw this very beautiful, attractive yeah, a young lady, and I thought, yeah, I, and, and also a spiritual one as well. And those were the things that attracted me. Um, but I didn't appreciate that actually, uh, as we got into marriage, she, she had got an opinion on things. And actually, most of the time, it's quite a, a, a slightly stronger opinion than I had. Uh, and also, so I had a tendency not to lead very well in our marriage. Um, and I was sort of, well, you've, you've got, a, you've got an, an idea about this, you, you better go ahead and and do that. Now what Katrina was very good at is that she recognised that, that my role was to lead and therefore she encouraged me in various ways to be the leader. Um, we had one, one instance, I don't know whether we were married or just before we got married we went to a restaurant uh, this was not, not a great occurrence for us because we didn't have a lot of money but we went to this restaurant and we um, ordered this meal and quite frankly it was awful <laughs> Uh, the food that was, not the, not the company was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, now I don't know what you are. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless with these situations. And I would just say, oh, oh never mind. We'll, we'll just sort of eat it. We'll eat the bits we can. We'll leave the rest. <laughs> just don't, 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 don't cause a fuss. Don't cause a fuss. And Katrina said, we need to complain about this. Well, yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> and eventually she got a little bit ex- exasperated and said, right, are you going to complain or am I? <laughs> ah, okay, right. Uh, well, if it's going to be one of us, it better be me then. And, and so I, I, I said, look, this isn't good enough. Now, um, that actually for me was really helpful. Instead of Katrina just sort of running up to the person and saying, oh, this is not good enough and, and taking the lead... Uh, it's a small thing, it's a small thing, it, you know, I'm, I'm, for, but for me that was really important. It taught me, no, actually, I need to leave in this marriage. And a, a little thing like, actually, this dinner's not very good, it's actually an important factor in making sure that actually we don't let these things go. Um, and, and so for me that was really helpful uh, that, um, 
that, that actually she was pushing me forward to be the person that I should be. And actually, that's what, uh, that's what, as husbands and wives, we should be doing for each other. We're pushing each person forward in the gifting and the role that God has uh, encouraged them to be uh, and made them to be. Um, now, in headship as well, uh, my first thought should be that whatever I do, whatever we decide in our marriage, needs to make sh- I need to make sure that this is for the good of my wife and, and obviously later on my family. Not first, my first thought isn't it's for the good of me. Now, I understood this, but there is, there is ways that, that as, as a, a husband we can do this, which isn't very helpful, which is I need to be the head, therefore I need to, to discern from God what's the right way forward. And I'll do this, I'll go, down, I'll go into my room, or I'll go into my shed, and I'll, I'll sit there until I hear from God, and then I'll hear from God, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take my family with me, and it's going to be brilliant. Generally speaking, if you do that, if you, if you think you hear from God and just plough ahead, you're likely to go wrong. Let me just say that. Not that we can't hear from God, but actually my wife has given me for a reason. The Bible talks about my wife as a helper. And if I don't talk to her about stuff, I'm going to get it wrong. It's as simple as that. Um, Katrina has a lot of wisdom. And therefore, uh, if I want to do something that is good for the family, I need to talk to her about it. That doesn't take away my responsibility to lead. It just says, actually, there's a lot of sense there. And so we always thought marriage is a partnership that we discussed everything. Uh, but as Katrina was saying, in the end, I have to take responsibility for the way the marriage goes. We agree together, we talk about it, and, uh, and then we, we go ahead. There is a temptation to do things on your own, and, and particularly in the world where we on- honestly believe we can hear from God, and we do, uh, we still need to check that. Um, and the idea that I can hear from God, but my wife can't, is nonsense. And if I've heard something from God, but my wife hasn't, I have to be ever so, ever so careful to press ahead with that. Because actually I could have heard wrong. And actually my wife is as, as able to hear from God as I am. So we need to, and obviously big decisions we talk about and we agree together. The other thing which is important, and I guess this comes down to, uh, if I want to love my wife, I need to understand her. Amen. And this is, again, a lifetime uh, work. I, don't, I didn't understand my wife uh, fully when we first got married. I still don't fully understand everything <laughs> about her. Uh, but I'm learning. And I'm growing in that. And therefore, this is... Uh, and when we look at Jesus, and he's a great example of this, he loved the world so much that he came. He came amongst us. He lived amongst us. Now you think, oh, God knows about us anyway. Yeah, he probably does. But actually, Jesus spent time with us. He, he ate with us. He talked to us. He cried with us. And so he understood exactly what the human condition was like. And husbands, we need to be alongside our wives and try to understand what they're going through, the situations they're facing. We had a particular example of this. Am I going to talk about this now? I can't remember. Yeah, I'll do it now. Um, (laughs) 
I'm just, uh, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll talk about it now. I will close it. But, uh, yes, okay. So, <laughs> sorry, okay. Um, when, when Katrina was carrying our third child, uh, uh, there was a few complications with the pregnancy. Now, to be honest, I, I wasn't that bothered by this because I'm a man, and, uh, and it seemed, seemed fine from where I was looking. Um, but Katrina was really, really concerned about it, and really, uh, uh, and was getting more and more uptight uh, about this, this pregnancy and what was happening. And I was oblivious to this. And, and, uh, and one day, it sort of blew up into a thing, and I just didn't appreciate what was going on. And uh, after a long tour, we actually realised, and I, I sort of started to understand what her concerns was about the baby and about what was happening. And uh, and to be honest, I'd, I'd just been oblivious, and I hadn't I hadn't been a caring husband at that point. And so we had to talk it through, and everything was fine. We had our third child, um, but to understand that in particular was so important for me to realise that there are things that go on in marriage, um, and sometimes when they are you know, deep things that are a little bit worried. Maybe she felt she was making too much of a fuss, didn't want to, um, didn't want to worry us or whatever. I, I need to, as a husband, say, actually, I need to understand what is going on with you, what is happening with you, and uh, and actually do what I can um, to to help. Uh, just one other thing. Uh, I want to say in, in particular thing, the, the Bible in, in this passage talks about how Jesus presents the church pure and holy uh, and, and, and washed and, and loving. And, and we, we can't, as husbands, take the place of Jesus, and we mustn't do that. Katrina has her own walk with God, and, uh, and I'm really thankful for that. And she has her own uh, spiritual life uh, that feeds into our marriage, and it's brilliant. Uh, and so one of the best things I can do is not come up with solutions necessarily, which is what I tend to like doing, um, which isn't very blessing to Katrina half the time. Um, a lot of the time, the best thing I can do is give her space to be with Jesus. And certainly that's what we try to do when, when the kids were young. I used to take them out on a Saturday uh, morning or Saturday all day so that she could have time uh, for a quiet time or maybe just a bath or just to read, or time away where she could be uh, uh, with, with Jesus, or, or choose whatever she wanted to do. And that is something we've tried to encourage. We talk about spiritual things with each other. And, uh, and the best thing I can do is encourage my wife in her spiritual walk. And the best thing she can do for me, to be honest, is that as well. And, uh, and so we, we, wanna, we try and do that. We do talk about spiritual things a lot. We, we want to encourage her. I don't, I don't check up on her. Have you had your quiet time today? Have you read your Bible? Uh, it's not, no, nothing like that. There's no, there's no sense of, uh, you know, uh, but we make sure each other has the opportunity uh, to be with God. It's a, it's a freedom but that we, we look out and make sure that if something's coming in the way of that, that we, we take steps um, so that we can encourage one another. just want to before I pass back to Katrina, um, oh, the other thing I want to say is, is as, as a husband, the best thing I can do is also to lead by example. Rather than to say to my wife, look, you need to go and have a quiet time, I just need to, to, to live that out. I need to live out my 
life with God, uh, as, a, as, as an example to her and my family. But actually, this is my priority. And, uh, and you know, as a head, I want you to see that. You know, actually, Jesus is the most important thing. Um, and, uh, and, and let them follow that. So just how does Jesus love the church? The church is his priority. It makes her his focus, his concern, responsible for her well-being. He, he takes responsibility to provide. He takes responsibility to encourage and build up. He speaks words of life over us. That's something as husbands we should, I try and do, we try and do. Actually, Patrice is very good with speaking that over me as well. Um, Jesus delights in us and Jesus sings over us. I do this occasionally with Katrina, and normally she tells me to be quiet. <laughs> I try, you know, these things, uh, there's some, some pop songs which, uh, you know, which are appropriate, I feel, to sing, and, uh, and Katrina <laughs> feels they're not. <laughs> I particularly like doing it when the children are around, because they, they find it most cringy, but, you know, that's, that's fine. Okay, I'm going to hand over to you. Okay, so we've kind of covered um, submission and um, the husband loving the wife. So the bit towards the end of the passage, verse 33, is, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So respect in the dictionary says it's the state of being honoured or esteemed. Our kind of thing is like valuing privately and publicly. So honouring and esteeming really fits in with the values that we've got in the church anyway, just towards each other. But I think particularly there's um, an issue of respect towards men um, in the world, you know, in the media. If you think about adverts and comedy shows, men are often depicted as a bit clueless, um, and that can seep through um, society and into the church. I mean, there are examples of terrible behaviour that men do towards women, and sometimes men don't do themselves any favours. Um, but we need to be really careful that we don't absorb that lack of respect towards men in the way that we treat them. Mm-hmm. Our husbands aren't perfect, but Christians are called to respect their husbands even when they're not perfect. I think it's really important that we are thankful for our husbands. I do thank God for Tim every day. And I try to think about his good qualities. That's not me being really pukey or anything, but it is biblical to be thankful. And when I'm thankful, it really helps me overlook the very, very small faults that Tim actually does have. (laughs) So so I honour and esteem Tim privately in front of others. That means I thank him, I praise him, I show him affection. So that's just when there's the two of us and in front of other people as well. Especially, as Tim said, in front of our children, and they tend to make vomiting noises as well when I do that, but it's all fun. <laughs> At work, it means not joining in when people make negative comments about their husbands or have a bit of a joke. Um, so, again, that's just really important because we're modelling and being an example that actually, you know, we're going to respect our husbands. So, respect is about honouring and esteeming, but it's also the absence of criticism. I think criticism is pointing out somebody's faults but you haven't got the context of addressing it or improving it, so it can be quite destructive. So I don't criticise Tim, and um, that is true privately and especially not in front of others. 
I can think of cringy meal times we've had when we were first married where you, you knew there was a bit of an atmosphere in the house of the person you'd been invited to and there'd be this undercurrent and that's not good. So we do, we do disagree sometimes, but when we do it, we do it respectfully. Uh, my mum didn't really show respect for my dad. If they had arguments, uh, they wouldn't speak to each other for days and days. And nobody would ever apologise at the end of it. And they did that English thing, I think it's an English thing, of just sweeping the issue under the carpet. And so nothing would be addressed. The issue wouldn't be solved. You would just, you know, call a truce, I suppose. If mum wanted dad to do anything, she'd wait for him to be in a good mood, which I used to really dislike. Because it meant that either dad was this terrible tyrant and she'd have to tiptoe around him and wait for him to be in a good mood, or he was this weak man who could be manipulated really easily. And either way, I wasn't respectful or fair or honest. So I didn't want to follow that model. When Tim and I disagree, we try, well, we're honest, but we're not unkind. Self-control's really, really important. You need to not speak without control in the heat of the moment, because then you're going to say things you will regret later. I did grow up in a loving household. I don't want to think that, you know, I don't want you to think that I didn't. But there were things when I looked at my parents' marriage I didn't want in my own. Yeah. My mum's an alcoholic, which means that when she's drunk, she says very hurtful, unkind things. So they stayed with me a long time. They can do damage, unkind words, and I'm sure some of you have experienced that as well. So that was something I really, really didn't want in our marriage, and Tim didn't want either. So self-control is really important, because you don't want to hurt people that you love when you can avoid it. Yeah. So we try not to comment on each other's personalities, things like you're selfish or things like that because that's criticising the inner person and they you know, they can't change that and it's quite damaging. And also we don't phrase our comments in a way that the person can't change like you always or you never because words have got power and it's sort of like tying somebody up. So we try, try to be self-controlled in the way that we express things. Um, we'll mentioned next week, we asked Esther about parenting and things, and she said one of the most valuable things we taught her was how to argue, and we gave our kids the phrase, when you do this, it makes me feel, and that's quite, that's quite a useful way of phrasing things, because our partners don't always know the effect, we don't know the effect that our words have on people, um, and actually that's not just a a value in marriage, it's a value for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, whether we're disagreed with a friend or a member of our family, it's really important that we're able to phrase it in a helpful way. Yeah, that's good. And the other thing that we do, the biblical thing, is that we never let the sun go down on our anger. Um, when we were first married, that would mean that we would be talking for hours and hours, until <laughs> the early hours sometimes. We've got better at it now. But it's really important that you resolve issues and sort it out because then you can move on. Okay, so just this, this last section, I just wanted to give um, some practical things that we have had to work through. This may or may not be relevant to, to some here, um, but just in terms of how we uh, have lived, tried to live out some of the, the principles in, in these verses. The first thing I want to say, though, is... 
Uh, and this, this is a, a challenge, um, and something that we sort of work through in our early marriage, is that the passages talk about submission, uh, being submissive, and, and uh, loving the, the, the wife. And it's quite easy to, to say, well, okay, w- w- when, you're, when you love me like Jesus loves the church, then I'll be submissive. And it's also possible to say, well, when you're submissive, I'll, I'll love you like Jesus loved the church. And of course, that's not the way it goes. The, these things are, are directed at the individuals for them to work out. Uh, so I, I, I can't wait for Katrina to be completely mis- submissive before I love her like Jesus loves the church. And vice versa. She, she can't look at me and say, well, that wasn't like Jesus, I'm not going to be submissive anymore. Uh, because we wouldn't get anywhere then. So it's, it's for each individual to say that I'm, I'm going to put this into practice the best I can to follow Jesus and, uh, and to do, do what he's called me to do. And that is the, the way that the marriage will work, when both are prepared to, to do it that way. When one isn't prepared, and Christine's already, you know, one, one isn't either a Christian or doesn't have the same values, then it still, it still I believe, works. The Bible does say that if you've got an unbelieving uh, wife or husband, then to live out these, these, these ways, there is a blessing in it. It's hard, it's challenging, um, but I honestly believe that God brings blessing when we, when we obey him in that way and follow him. Just a few things that we've had to, to work through. Um, uh, in communication, I think communication is so important. We, uh, often, this is often, we go to even into any worldly seminars on these things, communication is so important. Uh, one area that we've uh, often had to work through is time um, with my work uh, and my, my, uh, my role in the church. Uh, I'm often very busy um, and uh, I really enjoy and I love being involved in the church. I enjoy my work, which is a good thing, but it does mean that that has pressures on my time, particularly evenings. And, uh, and I have to uh, work with Katrina. Actually, if, if our marriage isn't going well, because I'm working too hard, then to be honest, what I'm doing is, is not worth doing. The Bible says, actually, uh, you've got to get this bit right first. Uh, you know, I can't be uh, a leader in a church if my family isn't working right. That's what the Bible tells me. Yeah. And so we often have to talk these things through. And, and things, once, uh, and what we found out is that uh, when things, uh, things were okay at one point in our marriage, because seasons change, they're not okay anymore, and we have to readjust them. For instance, um, when uh, our children left home and went to college, uh, that was a very different season for us, and then Katrina's work changed. I had to readjust uh, what I was doing uh, in the church and the way I was using my time, because what I was doing before was okay, but it wasn't anymore. And we had to relook at that and talk that through. Uh, and so it's a case of, of just hearing and listening and being open uh, to each other in those things. Another thing I had to learn, and again, this is particularly for new married people, those thinking to get married, work out what your wife and your husband really appreciates. Um, I appreciate, when we first got married, I appreciate physical affection, hugs. Uh, my wife appreciated them, but actually she was rather, I, I, I washed up, which was a strange thing. Um, so... Uh, um, well, you know, so so actually, so uh, she'd appreciate me just offering to help out around the house a, a bit more than just at home uh, at those times. And also flowers. I found that she she likes flowers. Um, 
she likes sparkly things. Uh, it's another thing uh, that I've uh, again that 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 depends on 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 finances. But what the other thing which is really important, and I think this is we learned this, is that the the big extravagant uh, lavish thing isn't necessarily what my wife appreciates. And therefore, I don't have to spend, I didn't have to spend a lot of money uh, when we were first married. In fact, now, uh, actually, it's often the small things uh, that really matter the most. And it's finding out, what would my wife really appreciate here? Uh, what, what small thing, what would it be? And, and that's what a husband's role is. What would my wife appreciate? Not what, I know I'd appreciate this, so I'm going to do this. No, actually, what would, what would she want? So that's something we've learned. We're still learning that, really. Um, Words are so important. Uh, one thing I have not been, I'm going to be honest here, one thing I haven't been so good at over the years is encouraging Katrina in her own uh, walk of gifting. Um, and to realise that actually God has, and hopefully next week you'll appreciate something of, uh, this week as well, of what God has put in her. This, Katrina is an amazing mother and teacher of children. And yes. she has... Ooh tremendous ability in that. Far beyond what I've got uh, to be a mother, obviously. Uh, but, um, uh, but she actually... But in, and the way she understands our... Uh, the way she's brought up children is far beyond what I've understood. I, I, I can copy things. Katrina has analysed and understands the way uh, it works in the family. Uh, and so... Uh, and it's only in, in more recent times that I actually think, no, I need to really encourage my wife in these things because she's got a lot to give and she's got a great gifting in these things so uh, just to encourage each other in what God has put in them uh, push them forward yeah. particularly, particularly husbands push your wives forward they have much to give uh, for the church but also wives encourage your husbands if, if, particularly if they're like me I'm a little bit reticent sometimes encourage them forward encourage them in what God is doing um just one other thing, uh, an area which I, uh, we, we ought to mention, uh, that of, uh, of, of sex in marriage. Very important area. Um, it's something that uh, we have uh, uh, enjoyed in our marriage and so on. I'm not going to say too much about this, but uh, <laughs> it's a hugely important area. Um, and it's also an area that, that difficulties and conflict can arrive, uh, arise. And... and uh, uh, and therefore, it's uh, important that the Bible talks about uh, that we're not, we, our bodies aren't our own. Uh, we need to um, give ourselves to each other. Um, but that doesn't mean it won't become uh, a difficult area at times. And I just want to encourage you uh, uh, that actually um, we need to be very sensitive to each other about, about that aspect of our marriages, uh, to talk about it, to be open. Um, uh, not to pressurise each other uh, when things are difficult and, uh, and where necessary and, and, uh, it's, uh, and we've done this in various aspects of our marriage uh, where it's, just, and it's not just sex but any other area go and talk to people that you trust uh, marriages can be a bit closed actually uh, there's real value in, in talking we, we found uh, Colin and Eunice were, uh, you probably know them uh, if you do they, they oversee the church uh, over the years, we've, we've spent time chatting to them about various aspects of our marriage, and that's been really helpful to us. Um, and so I would encourage you that don't, you know, if things are not, uh, you're struggling, find someone that you trust and talk to them. Uh, they, they, you know, people that, have, uh, that, you, that you think actually you might have a bit of wisdom on this. 
That's not weakness. That's actually a strength. We're here for each other to encourage and yeah. help each other. The one th- last thing I want to say is that, um, uh, again, this, this takes a bit of time and, uh, and it costs a little bit, um, but um, Holy Trinity Brompton, HTB, run what they call a marriage course. Uh, we went on that a few years back. It was excellent. And it's a time, uh, it's a seven-week course, I think it is, and you go and have a meal, um, and they talk about one aspect of marriage, and it's a chance for you just to, to chat and, uh, and to talk about different aspects of your marriage. It was really a great time. We loved it. Uh, we weren't particularly suffering problems at the time. It was just a good thing to do. So if you get an opportunity uh, to do that, um, I would encourage you to do that. It was a really helpful thing. Okay, I think we'll, we've probably said enough. Do you want to say anything else? No? Okay, we'll, we'll finish there. What I want to just leave you with is to, you know, how I started. Um, marriage is a really, really good thing. And I want to encourage those that are thinking about marriage or in a marriage uh, to see it as something amazing. It can be, and I believe in, in God's, with God's grace, it, it can be something amazing and wonderful just as the love that Jesus has for the churches. That is not a, that is a great example of what marriage can be. And I want to encourage you. And, and, and if you've struggled in a marriage, and, and you are, then seek God. Uh, seek, seek help. We'll be really happy to pray and talk with you. Uh, but just believe, actually, that God has uh, your uh, marriage at heart. He loves uh, marriage and wants it to be successful. Just going to pray. Father, thank you for uh, all that you've done. Thank you yes. for Lord, what we've been enjoying today, your love for us, and just enjoying you. And I thank you, Father, that, uh, Lord Jesus, you love your church so much. You delight in your church, and you cause it to rise up and be victorious. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that gives you greater pleasure than seeing your church joyful and exuberant and in victory. And, Lord, we just want marriages to reflect that, God, in this place, Father. Marriages that, that know your love and your presence and, uh, Lord, where each of us are experiencing your goodness and uh, are, are raised up in victory. Lord, we ask for that and pray, Lord, that you would just bless the marriages in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, okay, so uh, we'll, we'll finish there. Um, tea and coffee is served on the hatch. Yeah, we're going to